I just want you to look at this here, and I want to read something to you in a book that I've read that the Lord really used in my heart and, and continuing to. And there's, uh, I, I read a little bit of this to the young people the other day. There, there's, you know what, and it was my prayer even with those young people, those teenagers, those bus kids and different things that, man, if we could just get a hold of who God is and how amazing he is and, and, and just a little bit of his love for us in spite of ourselves. It'll it, it change our life and we'll, 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 we'll want more and more and more and more and more and more and he'll just give us more and more and more and more. But there, there's, uh, I'm going to read, this is out of uh, an A.W. A. Tozer, one of his books, and there's uh, the attributes of God. You know, I want to know, I want to know my God, I want to know, know my God in a deeper way. Because I, I know all the things that he's done, and the more that he shows me, and the more that I, that I commune with him, but, you know, he, he says here, and this is talking about God being infinite, if God had love but didn't have all the love, just 99 and 9 tenths percent of love, or even a higher percentage, God still wouldn't be God. God, to be God, must be infinite in all that he is. Infinite in all that he is. He must have no bound, no limit, no stopping place, no point beyond which he cannot go. When you think of God or anything that God, about God, you'll have to think infinitely about it. When we think about God, we need to think that we can't even fathom. We can't fathom his love. God showed me recently that, you know what, I love, I love my Savior, I love my God, but you know what, I don't even know how to love God because I don't really truly know love the way God does. And so I've asked him if he would help me to understand that. I don't know what that's going to bring. But you know what? Do we want to really know him? Think about that. That's what I'm going to preach on here this afternoon, is that I may know him, not anybody else, not my wife, not my kids, not anyone else, but that I may know him in a greater way. But think about this, this uh, it continues to say, you know, we think about this, we shouldn't even be able to fathom the, uh, God and how amazing he is and his love and all these different things. If, if It's a mighty good cure for a little cheap, little G God we have today. The little cheap, little G God we've made up is one that you can pile around with. The man upstairs, the fellow who helps you win baseball games, that little G God isn't the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He isn't the God who laid the foundation of the heaven and the earth. He's some other little G God. We educated Americans can create little G gods just the same as the heathens can. Our mind can be our own worst enemy. We can think about things way too much and think we know way too much. You can make a little g-god of silver or wood or stone, or you can make it out of your own imagination. I was so convicted by that. We can't really fathom God. And if we think we even, if we ever start to think we can, we're in trouble. And the little g-god that's being worshipped in many places 
is simply a little g God of imagination. He's not the true God. He's not the infinite, perfect, all-knowing, all-wise, all-loving, infinite, boundless, perfect God. He's something short of that Christianity is decaying and going down into the gutter because the little g God of modern Christianity is not the God of the Bible. I mean, we need to think about that. But you know what? That, that we may know Him. You know what? How are we going to know Him? It's, it's real simple. We just want to. We just want to. But there's, turn with me, if you would, to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. And we'll get going here. And there's... Philippians chapter 3 and verse 1. The Bible says... We'll put this all into context. Finally, Paul says, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord to write the same thing to you to be indeed is not grievous. But for you it is safe. Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the concision, for we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit. Worship God in the spirit. And rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. No confidence in the flesh. I wish I could get to there. To have no confidence in the flesh. Verse 4, though I might also have confidence in the flesh. If any other man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more. He's saying, I, I struggle with that too. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as touching the law, a Pharisee. Concerning zeal, persecuting the church, as we know he did, touching the righteous, which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained? So he's giving his testimony about this, but and then he says in verse 7, but what things were gained to me? I love this. And, and for the longest time, I didn't understand it, but man, I understand it, and, and God's helping me understand it more and more through what he's allowing me to go through. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Those things that were gained to me, to me, to me personally, I counted those as loss to Christ. But look at this. Loss for Christ, yea, doubtless, and I counted all things. But loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and I do count them but dumb. He's saying, all the things that I've lost, all the things that I've lost for Christ, I count them but dung, a pile of manure. You know what I find interesting there? I'm going to give you a little bit of farmer uh, insight here but dung manure you know we think oh that's so nasty that's so nasty but you know what manure what it takes you take a pile of manure and put it and plant something in it and you'll have the greatest thing you could ever want but see he says i'll count that but dumb but dumb but see jesus can take all of that and he can make the greatest that we could ever imagine and that's what we need. We need some people that'll die to our, that will die to themselves. That will die to themselves. That's what I have wrote in here. Die to self. Die to self. 
I'm going to read that again. Let's start back in verse 8. I want you to get that. Yea, doubtless, and I count it. I count all things, all things but loss. Watch that. He didn't just make that opposite. Our flesh looks at this in the opposite of way what he says this. I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, Paul says, and do count them but dumb. All the things that he lost, he says it's but dumb. It's a pile of manure. We bellyache just like the children of Israel did about all the different things, all the different struggles, all the things we lose and, and all that. But if we'll just let God use them, he will do a work that we cannot even comprehend. That we cannot even comprehend. Do we want God to do something? See, we want the cake and to eat it too. We want God to do something with us, but we're not willing to sacrifice. We're not willing to really, we don't really see what she was just singing. That he knows better than we do. As I, you know, there, I mentioned that the other day. But you see, if we continue there to read, this is, this is all coming up to something. I do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. He was focused. He was focused. There, there's, there's a reason there's a cross there and there's a cross there because you know what? It's a good reminder that I just need to focus on the cross. I need to focus on the cross. That's why I had those crosses put there. That, no, that nobody would mistake what's going on in this tent. And that I would remember, and the preacher would see a cross, and we could, we could preach to the cross, because that's the answer right there, is the cross. But you see, the knowledge, there's, but dung that I may win Christ, in verse 9, and be found in him, I be found in him, not having mine own righteousness. He's talking about being saved, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ and the righteousness, which is of God by faith. Of God by faith. It's only faith. You know what? You, we talk about getting to know God. The only way we're going to truly know him is by faith because we trust him. The only way that we're going to do the way and, and see it the way that she sung it is by faith. It's all about faith. It's all about knowing that God needs to grow our faith. It's all about knowing that we're not where we need to be and that we just want God to grow our faith, regardless of what that means, regardless of what we have to give up, regardless of what we have to go through. Because you know what? If people can see Jesus in me and through me, then praise God. They, the, there's nothing better, as I was talking to somebody at lunch, there's not, not a better way when people come to us and ask us about Jesus be, because they saw something different in us. The door's wide open. Instead of us having to sit there and pry the door open all the time to tell somebody about Jesus, when they ask, it's like, whoa, well, let me tell you. There's nothing greater. If you have a burden for souls, there's nothing greater when somebody comes and asks you, hey, can you tell me about Jesus? Can you tell me about religion? Can you tell me how you can do this and you can go through this and you have to all this? And we could give many more illustrations, but how you can do that? And you're like, yeah, I would gladly tell you. How many times I've seen people 
truly come to Christ because of that. It's amazing. But do we even want that? Or are we just satisfied with coming to church? We just satisfied of making ourselves feel better that we're okay. Thinking that, well, you know, I've, I've done this, I've got saved. Think about it. Come on now. Look there in verse 10. So all this leading up to verse 10, and I'm going to pray and then we'll, we'll get into this. There, there's, that I may, he's saying all this, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. That I may know him. Not that I may know her, not that I may know you, not that I may know another preacher, not that somebody uh, wants to know me, but that I may know him. It doesn't matter about all you. I love y'all and all these different things. It's a blessing to meet the Epleys. It's a blessing to meet many of you and different things in, in, in the church here. But I'll be honest with you, just like I've told some preachers, brother, I told Brother Zeckman, I'm not doing this. He said something or whatever. I'm like, brother, it's not a problem. I'm not doing this for you. I'm doing it for him. That's all there is to it. And if it's any other way, I'm wrong. And so are you. You know what? I'm not doing this for you. I'm doing it for him. I'm not doing it for him. You know, there, there's, uh, I love, love his mom and daddy to death, and, and God used his dad in a great way in my life. But you know what? I'm not doing it for him. I'm not doing it for his parents. I'm doing it for him. And if we do anything but that, we're wrong at the end of the day. And, and when we find ourselves trying, we need to get right with God and just and, and move on. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you've showed yourself so real to me. Father, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for what you've done under this tent. Father, this week, Father, way more than we can ever imagine. Father, forgive us for thinking that we even have any kind of idea of what you did under this tent and what you'll even do in the weeks coming forward. But Father, I do pray that you would just work in hearts in only the way you can. Father, continue to, Father, work in hearts. Sear things. I pray for those young people. Father, this morning, number of them lost. Oh, God, sear into their heart your word, something. Father, in my feeble effort, Father, just to be your servant. Father, we love you. Pray you bind Satan by the blood of Jesus and do what only you can do. We ask all this in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen. What is it to truly know something or someone? You think about that. What is it to truly know something or someone? been married to my wife for 21 years in December this year there there's and I think I know her but you know what I don't know her there she doesn't know me I don't know her I mean we know each other pretty well she can finish my sentences sometimes she knows what I'm thinking sometimes you know what I'm talking about but you know what what is it to truly know something or someone well, if you look at that word and you look it up in, 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 the, uh, in the Greek, that word know also, the same word in some places, 
is perceive. So it's know in some places and perceive, which means to understand clearly. Understand. To perceive with certainty that you have no doubt. To have a clear, certain perception of truth, facts, or anything that, that actually exists. That you know your actions, you're going to act, that you know something so well. If I know it, I'm going to stand for it. Nobody else is going to talk me out of it. Right? If I know something, if I know someone. How many people in your life do you know well enough? And if you know something, somebody, you'll grow to trust them. Right? And you'll grow to trust them more and more and more and more. But how many people do you really know well, well enough that you truly know in a deep, intimate way? Includes all doubt or uncertainty of existence. We know what we see with our eyes or perceive by our, our other sentence, senses. We know, we know that fire and water are different substances, right? Fire and water different. Do we know that? How? We know that truth and falsehood express ideas incompatible with each other. We know that a circle is not a square, even though, watch this, even though we know that a circle is not a square, we'll still try to shove a square peg through a round hole. Right? How many's done that before? I, this, this preacher has. I, I've done it too many times, try to shove a square peg through a round hole. It don't work too well. Just get a bigger hammer. It'll go. That's what farmers do. <laughs> But think about that. We know that. We do not know. We do not know the truth of reports. Nor can we always know what to believe. Right? I mean, uh, the news is a prime example of that. Prime example. Okay, can I say this? When you know something deep down. I'm talking about deep down in your heart. Not that, that you're willing to stand for it. That you're willing to stand for it. Regardless what anybody else says, that your mom or your dad, you're willing to stand up. You know what? I've had to take a stand against, against my own father in what I believe. I have. But because I know, I know him, not as much as I'd like to. But I know more than I know her or some of my kids and different things like that. But when you know something deep down, it means that you understand it on a very fundamental level. You don't just know the facts about it. See, we're so shallow. We know the facts about it. We, there's so many people. I go to church after church after church after church. They just want, they just want more facts. They want to know more things. They, but they want to know all the things about God and all these different things. And my message is running away. But you know what? We, we want to know all these things. We want to know things about and the facts and all that. And you know what? We, meant, we need to memorize scripture. We need all that stuff. But if we don't know the one that wrote it, then what good is it? We'll never truly know it the way he intended us to. Think about it. We won't know it the way we should, the way he intended it. You don't just know the facts about it. You know what? I don't just know how old my wife is and I won't say. Even though she, most people times they think that she's my daughter. 
there, there's, uh, there, it's getting up. But you know what? I don't, just the facts about it. I know her in a deeper way than that. And, and you know that the neat thing is, the more I know, to get to know him, the more he helps me to get to know her. Amen. And the more he helps me to get to know me. Isn't that amazing? He's just so amazing that way. And you know what that does? It helps me be more what he wants me to be and helps me to be more what I need to be for her. But you know what? I want you to think about, listen to this. Why do we try so hard? We try so hard, we even honestly tell people, well, you need to do this, you need to do, you just got to try harder. You know what? Can I be honest with you? When somebody just tells me, somebody just, you just got to try harder. Well, you know what? I was an infantry soldier. That's what we were taught. You just, we were hard as woodpecker lips. You just go on, suck it up and drive on. Suck it up and drive on. Adapt and overcome. Well, you know what? That only goes so far at the end of the day. I'm just a man. I don't care how tough I am. You know, there, there's uh, all this, but you know what? There ain't, there ain't a man I know that's as tough as they think they are. Let's be honest. That's the truth. But we know the one that spoke this world into existence. Philippians 3, 9, where I read there, there there's, that I may know him. And be found, he said, Paul in Philippians 3, 9, and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness. We can't do it. We can't work. There's not one person that I can talk into coming to Christ. I can say words that the Lord tells me to. I can, I can go through the script and all this other things. But you know what? We need some fruit that remains. If things are going to change, if churches are going to change, if America's going to change, it's that we get to the place that we know Him and Him alone, and that will change everything because He can do it like that. I can work my whole life trying to do it myself, and God, literally like that, can do more than I can do in my whole life if I will trust him because I know him. Because you will not, you will not, mark my words, you will not trust someone you do not know, right? And you'll trust somebody the more you get to know them. I mean, that's... the. It's very simple. Our flesh gets in the way. When we believe Satan, we have fear of man, bring us a snare, it's a trap. And just some of these things, our pride keeps us from getting to know him the way he wants us to. Well, what are they going to think? You know what? Can I, can I be real with you? Once you get to know him, in a greater, deeper way and get to know him more and more and more infinite, in, in, you know, just in, in an absolute close way. More and more, less and less of this world's really going to matter at the end of the day. Less of this world. What people think, less and less of it matters the more you get to know him. It is. That's the way he made it. That's why, can we even really fathom what Paul said in the beginning of that? That anything, anything for him, it's but dumb. Can, can, we, can we fathom that? I'm not going to lie to you. 
it's not been easy for us living in a trailer. It wasn't easy in a lot of different things that God's asked us to do. It's not easy a lot of different, you know, there, there's, I could give you many, many, many stories. But you know what? You know what's helped me? Is that he knows better than I do. Jesus didn't have a place to lay his head. And that Paul and David and so many other people that have went before us, they so much. We, we, are, we are so spoiled. We don't even realize. But we don't. And the more we get to know him, the more we see who we really are. See, he says that. And be found in him not having mine own righteousness, not doing it myself, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. We believe we're not works religion, right? The last time I looked, independent Baptists aren't supposed to believe that it's by works. But we sure act like that way too much. Let's be honest. Right? There, there's, uh, You know what? The youngest to the oldest preachers in here all agreed with that. You know, but, but we still, because we don't know him and we don't trust him, we still try to do it ourselves. And we try to put that show on way too much. Look, I've done it too much. But you know what? Are we tired of being tired? How do you truly get to know God? How? How? I mean, you ever think about that? How do you truly get to know God? Number one, you must first accept Him. I'm going to go through this. I never want to take for, I never want to take for granted that there's someone that's not saved. You know, that, that everyone's saved. I never want to do that. I don't want to stand before God for that. It would break my heart. That there, but John 17, 2, you can, you can just listen to me. I'm going I'm to preach this. If, you're, if you don't know for sure, if you die today, that you're going to go to heaven. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you listen to this and listen to it well. And I pray that God would call, him to, call you to himself. John 17, 2 says, But we cannot know somebody that we didn't accept. As thou hast given him power over all flesh, the Bible says in John 17, 2, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. As this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou hast gavest me to do. And now, Jesus is saying this, and now, O Father, O Father, glorify thou me in thine own self with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. Before the world was. Before the world was. He knows the end from the beginning. He knew before the world was. But what do we think we are? What do we think we're doing? How do we get to truly know God? We must first accept Him. Number two, we must seek Him with all of our heart. Jeremiah 29 in verse 11, let's go to Jeremiah 29. I want to show you this here. And, but we must seek Him. Not just seek Him like, oh, Lord, where are you at? Where are you at? But seek Him with all of our heart. Oh, God Almighty, I need you. I can't do this. There's not one single person in this place. There's not one single thing that I can do. There's not a word that I can say unless it comes from you. And you then have to use it on top of that. Father, I am helpless. I need you to do it. And I need you. I need to be closer to you. Please, Lord, help me. Oh, God. Help me. 
Humble yourself before an almighty hand of God. Do we do that? Think about it. Seek him with all of your heart. What do you do with all of your heart? For I know, Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you. Boy, if that don't help you, saith the Lord. I know the thoughts I thinketh toward you and toward you and toward you. Stay with me now. I'm about done. I know the thoughts that I thinketh toward you. If that don't help us, what can? That God Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth, the great I am, the one that giveth and taketh away, the one that's all-knowing, all-powerful, infinite, that we can't even imagine, he says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Then shall you come, you shall call upon me, and you shall go and pray unto me. And watch this. That same God, he says, I will hearken unto you. I can't get over that the God of heaven wants to hear from me. He wants to hear from me. Why would he want to hear from me? Oh, you know what? He wants to hear from me and from you way more than we want to talk to him in our shame. Think about it. He wants to hear from you more than you want to talk to him. Let's be honest. We need to admit that because that's the truth and fact of the matter. Honestly, for every single one of us because we can't even fathom how much God loves us and how much he wants to hear from us. Think about you grandmas. Think about you parents, how much we want to hear from our kids, how much we want to hear from our grandkids. If your grandkid called you right now, you'd leave this tent probably. Think about it. Think about that. And ye, it says, and ye shall seek me and find me when ye search. When, when will you seek me and find me? When ye search for me with all of your heart. All of your heart. That's all. How do you truly get to know God? You accept him. You seek him with all of your heart. And he says it's not hard. Just want it. Just seek me. Just want it. Want to know me. Want to know me in a greater way. And I'll be glad and happy to do it. There, there's, and thirdly, we must die to ourselves. It says in Jeremiah 9.23, Thus saith the Lord. We must die to ourselves. Thus saith the Lord. Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. What do we think we know? Who do we think we are? What do we think we're going to do? You think you got enough money to do anything? No. God giveth and taketh away. He took it all away from Job. He can take it all away from you. You know what? This is all God's. This, the trailer, all this other things. He gave it to me. There's a story behind many of this stuff. Much of this was given to me in different things from many different people. Or money and different things. It's amazing what God can do if we'll just trust him. If we'll just let him let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might, because it's not about us. It's only about him. Let not the rich man glory in his riches, but let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me. Knoweth him. It's not about what we know. It's not about what anybody else knows. 
It's about, you know, not about how much money we have, but glorieth in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me, that I am the Lord which exercise loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For these things I delight, saith the Lord. He says, I delight. And you just realizing who knows and that, that you know him. He delights in that. We try so much. Oh, you got to do this for God. You got to do that for God. You got to do that for God. Well, you know what? All that'll come if you just know him in a greater way. You won't be able to keep yourself from doing things for him and doing exactly what he wants, right when he wants, how he wants, and all that stuff. If you, when you get to truly know him. And then it'll unlock some things that you can't even imagine. And God can work and use you and you won't even understand how much. So what happens when you truly know, when you truly know in a deep, intimate way, the true and living God of the Bible, not this uh, little G God, but the God of the Bible, the true and living God of the Bible, it will renew your mind. You will change. You will change. You won't help but to change. You won't care about changing because you'll want to change so that you can know him more, so that you can be closer to him. And it just, you, you won't care. Bible says in Romans 12 1 I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy acceptable unto God which is your reasonable service and be not conformed to this world but be ye transformed or changed by the renewing of your mind change your stinking thinking that you got that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God because you know him because you it won't be no you read that and it says you present your bodies a living sacrifice what 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 do you think what goes through your head when you read that or hear that is it like oh man I got to present my bodies a living sacrifice unto God and then I have to be holy acceptable unto God which is my reasonable service Really? I've got to do all that? Is that not what our spirit sometimes? Or is this just me? Have I, is, it, is that just the way I've seen that before? You see what I'm saying? But no, if I know him, I want to change. None of that. It's like, God, do that and more. Whatever you have, whatever you need, anything. Because I just need to be close to you. And I need to be, know you in a greater way. I want to love you more. I want to love the way you love. And all of this. Amen. See, we read this Bible, and if we don't know God, it's grievous to us. But it's so easy to us. And it's, if, if we know him. And we, as we get to know him in a greater way, it's just like, man, I get to do this. It's not I give up anything. It's trust and obey, for there's no other way. Trust and obey, for there's no other way. And lastly, if you truly know him, the true and living God, you love one another. How can you love your enemies? How can you love your neighbors yourself? This seems like an, something that's impossible feat to do, right? In our flesh, let's be honest. Doesn't it? I mean, it's it just me. It seems like, love your enemies? The ones that hurt you, you're supposed to love them and pray for them? Are you serious? 
you love one another. 1 John 4. Go here and I'm done. 1 John 4. What happens when you truly know the true and living God of the Bible? You love one another. 1 John 4, 7 says, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God, and look at that, and knoweth God. So if we don't know God, we don't know love. If we don't know God, we don't know love. That's why it's so grievous. That's why it's so hard. Do you see how simple it is? It's so simple. God loved us so much. I had a great time yesterday afternoon after visitation. Your pastor and I just spent time, just I love iron sharpeneth iron. We spent three, four hours just, just, I mean, I can't even explain it to you. All this stuff. And you know what? We just came down to it and just grinning from ear to ear and praising God. And, and there's, uh, my brother was there for part of it and he, he got about five messages preached to him. <laughs> Uh, uh, there, there's in that amount of time and you know what we just we just kind of come to the end it's like you know what it's so simple God made it so simple we just need to stand here we need to stand in the middle and we need to keep our eyes on Jesus and just get to know him in a greater way and he just takes care of everything else there's so many of our so many of our stresses so many of our problems that we produce ourselves so many different things that it just comes from us not knowing God and not trusting Him. It really does. It's so amazing. But you see, beloved, let us love one another. First John 4, 7. For love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God. For God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us. He loves us so much. He wants us to know him in an intimate way. More than we know or love anyone else. If I have a desire to know or love my wife or my children or anybody else more than I do God, they're an idol to me. Do you realize that? We're so much. If I love my wife, and I'm commanded to love my wife, but if I want to love her and love her more than I do him and know her, it's wrong. It's wrong. God help me. God help us. He that loveth knoweth not, or he loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love, in verse 9, in this was manifested the love of God toward us because the, that God sent his only begotten son into the world that he might live through him, not us, our flesh. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation, the propitiation for our sins, the payment for our sins. 
Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man that hath seen God at any time, truly seen Him, if ye love one another, God dwelleth in us, and His love is perfected in us. But it can only happen if we know the one that is love, that we know Him. Do you truly want to know the God of the Bible, the one that will never, will spend the rest of our life trying to know him until we get to see and look upon his face. That we'll get to heaven and we'll get to see and look upon his face. You know what? The more we get to know somebody, the more we want to be with them. The more we get to know somebody, the more it's so sweet the time that we get to be with them. And then all the things of this earth become so dim because we just want to know him, we want to spend time with him, and we want to just be closer to him. Do you truly want to know the God of the Bible? Have you accepted his gift by faith? Let's stand. Heads bowed and eyes closed. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection, that we could see God, that this lost and dying world could see God is real through us in the power of God. But we'll never, they'll never see that unless we know him. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Do you know God? How well do you know him?